set the foundation today. Um, and speaking about faith, our first training is going to be faith. Um, I feel that that's what the Lord wanted us to focus on. Please, let me say this. Of course, you know now I would have the right to wake a person sleeping up because it's like you're chasing me around with your sleep. Like, <laughs> I'm separating myself further and further. No, you're not going anywhere. I'm going to look for you and sleep right in front of you. Please don't sleep. It's just Monday afternoon. <laughs> um, faith, faith. Why is faith necessary? Or let's say, what are we aiming to achieve this week? I, I, I think I've said it on the Psalm 42 chat group. It's called capacity building. Yeah, to build a inner structure that allows us to take on everything and anything. Now, yeah, that's the right word. The ability to take everything and anything on um, without being overwhelmed. Again, God will never bring growth if he realizes that you can't handle it. Because from a distance, growth and success looks interesting. At a close range, it's not. It is demanding. It puts a pressure on whatever discipline you've had before the so-called growth or success, whatever we want to uh, streamline success down to. So I could have been as successful as I am today if I had. I could have been as successful as I am today at the age of 18. The only issue is I don't have the capacity. I did not have the training. And because I didn't have the training, there was no capacity for me at the age of 18. So now, 38 of 18 is not the issue. The issue is the capacity that I have. And so many times when people are praying in church for certain things to happen, what they should have learned is to be trained to have capacity. You can be, someone can write you a certificate for being an accountant. But why do you go to school for it? You have to be able, and in school they put you under pressure because in accounting or, or medicine, you will be put under practical pressure to perform in certain things. And so what God is saying to us, friends, is what God needs to see in our life before it, it doesn't matter how frustrated you are about anything. Oh, I want to give more. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. That's fine. It doesn't matter if you don't have capacity for it. What you, what, if it gives you what he's doing is, is, is destroying you. And it will not look like you're going to be destroyed. There are many things now that God gives us access to that we thought we should have had access to it years ago. And we, we didn't know the price to these things. And so we thought, oh, why not? I'm ready. I'm ready, sir. You know how many times I've heard that in church? Sir, I'm ready. That person leaves church two weeks after. 
I'm thinking, what were you talking about? People have mental problems, mental. Because you've got you've to have mental problems not to think about what you said two weeks ago, right? It's got to be a real mental issue. But that's, 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 that's for that. It doesn't matter. So it is capacity. What God wants to build in us, and I think I'm trusting God that within the next week, I mean, within this week, it builds that capacity because you're going to have to deal with everything. And the name pastor or the name leader will make more meaning when you have to battle everything. Your own doubts, your own friends, your own enemies, your own everything, plus yours, plus others, the regularization or regulating of temperament, how to turn to what they call room temperature, how to make sure that you're not overreacting and you're not underreacting. So people like Piki have to make sure you return calls and answer texts and not come and show up on Monday and start shouting on people. You're just joking. You people that you don't know during the week. You understand? Oh, sorry. You said you repented yesterday. I shouldn't even be bringing that up anymore, right? That's true. That's true. So I repent. I repent on that. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the things that I think God will help us because we're not going to have growth until those things happen you will not encounter personal growth and another thing that ministers do is we try to, or believers or whatever we want to call ourselves we try to grow through frustration frustration leads to spiritual abandonment God does not work with frustrated people uh, you know, you can lead yourself to a place where you're desperate and you're happy because you're not giving this one, you're not doing this, oh, I don't want to do it, I don't just know what is going on with me right now, I just don't know what is going on with me right now, God says it doesn't matter. You will not grow through frustration, you will grow through knowledge. Mm, you're not going to frustrate your way into breakthrough. It's not going to happen. So, began to search through scriptures in history why God separates people for a while is to develop the capacity for what is coming wow. when they don't even know. You know, there are things we ask for and we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. You understand? So a pastor praying the other day said, just pray for me. I need my church to grow to 500 people, he said. He said, that's fine. That's very, very good. And I pray that and I wish you 500 and 5,000 and 50,000 and whatever number you're asking for. But do you understand 500 people, though? Do you understand that right there in front of you are the mentally depressed, witches, wizard, um, confused people? I said, don't say that we're all toys. <laughs> so they are witches here. <laughs> Until we start sneaking into church and <laughs> running through the front door. <laughs> There's a lot of people, and the thing is, 
you become the servant of the good and the wicked. You know, the servant of the good. So I, I said the prayer is important, but um, I'd rather that you, because once you have the capacity for it, you know it. It's just as simple as that. And so we've got to zero down our lives to whatever I don't have is because I haven't developed capacity for it. Now, that's a very tough theory. You know why? You feel you have capacity for everything right now. That's, that's why it will be a tough theory for you to admit. Now, and the, what I discovered is if I don't admit that, what, what would happen to me is this. I will get frustrated because I would then start all this prayer and fasting and I'll start looking for spooky reasons why certain things are not happening. I'll start looking for, so I decided from day one when people start fasting, and I think I've told you this before, when you have to fast long for something to happen, something is already wrong. He mm. said, I'm fasting for the power of God. I said, you don't have capacity for the power of God. God knows that the power you're asking for, you don't even understand it. And if it happens to you, you will mess yourself up. But then when you're asking, it looks like, no, 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 I don't know what to do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be praying for people and healing people. Yeah. And then one of the people you healed one day will turn to you and call you a fool. And you will then get them back to sickness. <laughs> <laughs> so you you call me, I healed you of cancer, you call me an idiot. Uh, I shoot the arrow of cancer back into your life now. <laughs> and guess what? If the power of God is really there, it's going to happen. But you're going to pay a price for that. A big one, you know. <laughs> so, capacity is everything. So when we talk about capacity building, it is actually what our future hinges upon, our future now as a church. And I think everything will become personal. Your future as a person, how much God is going to pour into you will be based on how much you can take. So first thing today is... It will not give me what I don't have capacity for. And I think by Wednesday we'll come to the real capacity building, how to build capacity. Like I said, if a 18-year-old picks that up, they will have more than a 38-year-old. It is the capacity that they have. It is not experience, you know. God never wanted us to deal with inexperience. Uh, he, God's plan is not for us to make decisions based on age. I'll tell you a scripture for that. David said, I have understanding more than the old, more than the ancient. He said, because I have akined to your teachings. He wanted us to be Adam. Adam was not going to name the lions by experience. He wasn't going to say, well, before by the way you are behaving, you look like, oh, so let me name you lion. No, it's going to do it by the teachings that it got from God. Now, that teachings got processed. 
in, in fact, the real word for progress is process. I didn't know if you heard that. If you heard that, uh, you you progress. If I want to see if somebody is progressing, I'm gonna look at their process. What I what you call progress is end result of something. What God calls progress is the process the person is following meticulously. Mm, that for me is pro progress. And so if we measure progress by, have you bought a car? Did you get married? Did you do this? Did you do that? Whatever you, whatever you were thought to measure it with, I just look at the process of that person. Is she growing? Is she learning? And so I think I've established the aim for this week, which is to build capacity, to develop strength, on the inner man. So we'll do 11 to 3 or so every day, and thereafter you can go about your daily business. Faith. Why is faith the first thing? And it's not, uh, what I aim to achieve is not to bring you revelations. That's not my aim. That's, in fact, it's far from it. It's for me to talk to you, prepare you, for what God is about to do, get you stronger, and the purpose of that, therefore, would be to go strengthen your followers or your people, strengthen them more. And once that happens, we'll see another level of growth because you'll be able to help people more with a stable mind and with a steady hand. Hebrews 11. That's where we're going to start from. Hebrews 11, again, it is not also to teach you morals, it's not to tell you to be good or stuff like that, no, it's just, we've got to talk so that those of us who are built for capacity can realize it, expand from where we see already, and get to the next stage. Hebrews 11 from verse 1 is where I'm going to start from this morning. Reminders, the reminders, these are things you know before, but hopefully, but we're going to remind ourselves again and again and again. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Um, if you still use that copy Bible, and if I were you, what I would not just underline but cycle in that scripture would be by it the elders obtained a good testimony. I want you to know that at the time that they were obtaining these testimonies, they were not elders. <coughs> So, because I need to tackle that first before you start thinking of the old people. Uh -huh. They were not elders. Jeremiah was not an elder when he obtained a good testimony. The people that he's going to start reading, I mean, writing about, even Noah, Rahab, they were not elders, but they became elders in time. You will become elders one day, meaning age elders now. For by it, the elders obtained. Uh, another translation says, by it, they got 
they possessed. They possessed a good testimony. And as far as Hebrews is concerned, Hebrews 11, that's where I want to pitch my tent. By it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made out of the things which are visible. So, what is a good testimony? A testimony that is fit for my purpose. In other words, what he's saying is, you're not going to get there, and this is church work now. Church work is not logic. I, I, I need to establish that to you leaders, and you've got to understand this all the time. What happens, the reason why places stop growing is that what started by faith becomes logic. We begin to logic it out. You know when they say, okay, let's take the number of people in this church and let's write what each person's profession is about and let's know what is their problem and da 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 um, So now it's going to become logic so that we can provide for people their, you know, customer service stuff. You know, it's a customer service. Let's just know what people really don't like. Imagine if I followed that years ago. I know what people don't like. They don't like the service closing late. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't and I don't like the service closing heavy. So it's either I go to another church or you go to another church. Um I'm not going anywhere. So you can go. And you and they did. I don't like the service closing too late. Uh it wasn't four o'clock in those days, by the way. Well, we didn't start at 12 either. But that becomes logical. That becomes a debate. It's good for services to end early so that people can go back to their normal life, uh, which is nothing because most people's normal life, normal life, nothing is going on there. I said to one of your sisters, I would like to join your life if anything was happening. You know, if this vaccination thing was so expensive uh, and it sold this and that, I wonder what you're doing next now. What are you doing? Just please show me something to do. What are you doing now? What's going on with life? Oh, you guys just lock yourself up in church and it's about church, church, church. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't want to do church, 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 but you show me what, what's going on so that I can do what you're doing. What are you doing? Nothing. What you're doing is just nothing. You're, you're following the crowd. I know what you did today. You applied to 50 places for job. That's what you're doing. That's, that's life. That's, that's what life is. That's, that's interesting to you. I know what you did today. You put another eight hours into work to end 2K at the end of the month without building and hoping for nothing better, even if it is in seven years' time. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, there was something better. They increase salaries every year. Mm 
Yeah, sometimes. You know, one day, one of your sisters told me, Pastor, they've increased my salary by 10K. I'm like, wow, miracles. Because she earns 3K. I thought she now earns 13. So she said, no, so they would divide that. I just thought, oh, wow. I almost just put it on 742 and said something nasty happened today. We're going to divide that 10 by 12 months or so, then remove the tax, then break it down. So I'm like, huh? So I text her back. I said, that's decrease, not increase. <laughs> So, church, and even your life, to obtain a good testimony has to be by it as faith. So, I think it is purposeful for God to start us up with the topic of faith today so that we don't forget that one plus one does not equal two here. One plus one equals God's purpose. Meaning, wherever we need to go to, the one and the one it gives us, the addition of it will take us where we need to get to. So if we need to arrive at 100, and all we have is one and one, we must add those two and get 100. For them, it will mean two. No, for us, no. Because it is by faith that the elders, the word elders means pioneers. <laughs> now, that's so important, guys. They are pioneers. They are pace setters. They are people who start things. They are not people who do the things that are started. Now, and I know we all want to be pay setters, but we're not all going to be pay setters. There are churches that even name themselves pay setters. As in that space, Jesus pay setter ministries. <laughs> but but as, as cool as the name is and all that, and everyone has the right to name whatever they want to name, whatever, but you, they're not setting any pace. The desire to, and it's a good desire, it's lovely, but it's not set in any place. So you can't name yourself that. You are called into that. It's a call. Nobody takes this honor upon himself. It is more expensive to be a pay setter than just doing whatever exists already because in pay setting, fresh, people don't understand what it is. What is this thing? What, what are you doing? What is stagnation? How can a church look like this or look like that? You are pace setting. Mm. Now, he said, if we're going to obtain a report that is fit for purpose, we will need the instrumentality of faith. Otherwise, you won't make it. Otherwise, you won't get there. If we are to sit down to logic it out, then we have no chance. Rehab had no chance. She would never have a chance, nor Abraham. Never. There's no way in the world, David, 
Jephthah and all the people that Hebrews 11 will begin to speak about. There's no way in the world if they were going to lean on logic. And so he reminds us where we started from this morning. I'm going to get into this in a moment. And we started from faith. Faith. I think the more I grow and the more I think about these things, I think the best state of faith is a state of unconsciousness. No wonder Jesus will liken them to little children. It's unconscious. It's not just... Okay, you know, the scripture says here, it said, by faith we understand. In other words, when we set out to do it, we did not understand it. But we had faith, not understanding. The more we used faith, the more we understood. Do you understand that? No, no, that's a very powerful point to me. I'm telling you, and I hope you get it. By faith, we understand that the world were framed by the word of God. And so, imagine a person that has always lived in a local area. By local, I don't want to keep calling a ghetto or stuff like that, but you know what I mean. It looks at a succeeding work and says, I just don't understand it, bro. You can't understand anything. There's no how. Where you, you went to prison, and prison is like hell. You are with the dumbest people. Uh, we've said it before, that hell is not bad because of the worm and the fire. It's because you'll be there with the most stupid people that ever existed. It's a dumping ground for fools. So, that's what would make hell so... Imagine you're born in, God forbid, that you, well, if you, if you go, you go, well, however. <laughs> you have the chance not to, but... Imagine a person is born in hell and you're trying to switch your mind to survivor. And there comes a fool, also born in, with an opinion. And he says, that God is silly. In hell. Because the Bible says they will be cursing God. Now that would be the annoying thing to you. Like, guys, this is how we got here. <laughs> and you're still talking, still. Imagine hell, you, a person is born in, and then an atheist comes to tell you there's really no God. You're like, guys, <laughs> yeah, we're in hell. What are you talking about? So you're going to be with silly people, really. <laughs> so it is by faith. Faith comes before understanding. Faith is the key into understanding. That's why the obedience to God, obedience to the Word, is what will eventually reveal to you along the way. So when people drop out from among you, guess what happens? They lose faith and then they lose understanding. Do you understand what I'm saying this one? They first lose faith. All of a sudden, they're not believing. And then you will begin to hear things like, I just don't understand why, blah, blah, blah. No. The how you got there was you lose faith. If you kept faith, you would have understood. Mm. 
if you still had faith. And God will give you signposts of faith, reasons why you should have faith. God will show you every day. It will show you why your faith is still alive or needed or why it should be alive. It will show you signs. Uh-huh. That's what I was looking for. I said signposts, but it will show you signs why your faith, you know, as a leader of this work, sometimes, let's assume I'm getting discouraged, then it takes just comes true about a breakthrough, about something. Something will come up somewhere at the point where Satan is fighting for your faith. Because remember, the Bible says to contend for the faith that was once upon a time delivered. So why, why does Satan fight for your faith? If it takes that, it takes your understanding. And when you're no longer understanding, you'll begin to talk to the wrong people. You will entertain wrong conversation because faith is going. The contenders contended. You can almost see it through people's face. After pastoring for 13 years every day, you can see she's losing faith now. Now, when a person loses faith, the next stage is that they are no longer going to be faithful. So there are two things I'm talking about this morning, faith and faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Being filled with faith. Now, so you, so the word faithfulness will begin to attach it to a person who is diligent in service, right? Talk to me. It's diligent. It's, oh, it's a faithful prayer warrior leader. It's a faithful leader. That means it's punctual, is is smart, his mind is there, is always responding, da da, da 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 Now you've been in church for a while. Before people exit, what happens to them? Front row, second, third, fourth. Very soon they are close to the door. At that point, they don't know. It's a power pushing them. They have not really, but faith is going and faithfulness disappears. Once a person's faithfulness disappears, you know their understanding has been blurred. Satan got them. Mm. It just, just leached on them. And when Satan leeches on people or leeched on people, there is a lot to then talk about. There's a lot that they just don't understand because it is by faith that we understand. Mm. It is by faith. If there is no faith, there is no understanding. Can we establish that as the second point? Is the second point. I cannot understand most things that God will lead me to do. But if I have faith, I will grow into understanding it. Mm. I can't understand. I say, can you explain why we give like this? I say, I don't even know. <laughs> But if I keep doing it, I will know. Um, you understand? I don't know. Then can the pastor explain why people should give like that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know. Uh, yeah. Why should I need to know? It's, it's more like, no, why are you spending so much for trees to build an ark? He doesn't know. Do you know till Noah died, he didn't know? Do you know that? All that Noah saw was that the waters came 
His family did not die. Eight people in the hawk. The whole world was destroyed. He didn't know. After that, he mixed alcohol and got drunk and brought the cost back. He didn't know that it was supposed to be a proverbial life for even today, 20... How would he know? You think now we think of 2019 in his vision board. <laughs> There's no way. So all those who want to logic out what God is doing or what God is saying, what eventually happens to them is that they burn out. Because you see, you can give like this, pray like this, dedicate like this for a while. Your adversary is not going to give up. Mm. It will contend you to the last unless you have understanding which is only responsive to faith. Yes. So what is the understanding that I established years ago? Years ago, my life is separate in court from this life. Yeah. So some things can be happening in my life and I have to separate that mentally. Even though it's one life. But now for my own survival now. Mm. I want to marry, I've not married. I want to um, buy a car, I've not bought a car. I want to buy an airplane, I've not bought it. There are problems in my life. I don't bring it into this God's life. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm not, you know what happens when people bring it into it? They say, with all that I'm doing for God. Jesus. Look at my life there. Do you understand that? Yes, look, at, look at what is happening to me and I'm serving God and da 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 da. No, I'm saying, Lord, you know, my work with you, I will understand because I've got faith. Mm. That life there, whatever happens, happens. Mm. And because I'm talking to ministers, I, I, we say things like, number one, if you're not going to be rich, you mustn't be rich. Uh -huh. There's no rule in life saying that you've got to marry before you die. Nobody needs a car. Just before those things begin to trample on what is more important. <laughs> Do you understand that this is how to operate? Otherwise, the what you need the most and what is most important to you is what the devil is coming for. Yeah. Because you know why? It's within his reach. The world out there is within his reach. It, it can, it can, a person can become rich and he can destroy their riches in a day. He has access to do that. Imagine a believer who does not understand by faith. And it, it happens to you too as well, isn't it? All of a sudden, you begin to feel down. You know when you come to church and they are praising and you're like this? When maybe later the pastor says something exciting, then you start, <laughs> you're deceiving yourself. You, look, you're being one half. You thought you picked up. Satan got you. It's just that he wanted to get you till 9 p.m. on Sunday, but he still managed to get you to 2 p.m. until PT came up. And you came. Next day, it will be 3 p.m. Until it becomes 9 p.m. And when, when, once that begins to happen, 
is winning. So one of the things that God wants to do through us in leadership is to open our understanding to how the devil works. Because he's got enough tricks up his sleeves. So faith does not respond to logic. We are not in a logical walk. It's not a logical movement. It's not going to be logical. When Satan says, explain back nation to me. I said, which part of it? Where am I going to start from? Explain back nation. If we say we deal with crime, it's going to be a big lie. Because we really don't. I'm not going to go on the street and start shouting, stop um, killing yourself. I know that we deal with people, and they may happen to them be criminals at some point in their lives. But we don't deal with crime. So how do you explain this? You don't explain it, you just have faith. And those who are called to it will understand it. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Now it came to pass. Are we going to have a Bible reader here today? Pastor Eric, are we? <laughs> now stay with Pastor Eric. Sorry. What's that? Okay, I thought you were showing me your phone. <laughs> you want me to curse you? <laughs> I'm just joking. I won't. Let me check. It's texting me something. <laughs> I didn't get your message. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, yeah, let's read the Bible. Genesis 22, and let's start from verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Then he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Verse 5, he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we I will come the back point, to you. The point I wanted to make with this, because I'm rushing to Deuteronomy. 
is to um, just throw a light into Abraham's walk with God and the peculiarity of this individual um, called Abraham. His life is so peculiar to me. And you know, sometimes you can hear a story so long that you get used to it. Just thinking about the life of a man who God did not just intentionally, no, well, yeah, did not just intentionally make barren for a while, a long while for that matter. He surrounded them with fruitful people. I really don't care how much faith you've got until you see something you deserve in the hand of other people. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't understand. I said, well, at least God compensate me with money like Abraham, so I'll be fine. <laughs> it depends on what was winning in the day. You know, the issue sometimes is not you. The issue is what you think others think about you. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't hear that, but you will hear it. Thank you. The issue is not how you feel. It's what others may be pointing at you to, to say, oh, but she, see what just happened to her. And she claims she's a pastor, or she claims she's with God, or a sower. And I realized that that's the major point. That's the point God even wants to ignore and wants you to grow to ignore. Because that's capacity building. It is not that a news broke out about you. It's in your head now what people are now thinking about you. Hey, if that's you, Whatever you're praying for, you don't have capacity for it. Until that gets broken in your life. If that's not broken, nothing is going to happen. Do you understand that? What if somebody said this about me? Okay, I'm fine. I know I'm okay. Ah, but Mrs. Sososo, I don't speak to anymore will now read it. And what would they think about me now? Now the problem is I need to prove that that's not me. Because <laughs> this is what, we can't bless him. We can't bless her. Because he or she does not have capacity yet. So God said for capacity, I'm still on faith. He said for capacity, the first thing that must leave your head are people who don't exist in your mission. As I people say, that church, they keep themselves in a bubble, them, their own bubble. Please keep me in my bubble so I don't become a bubble gum in the teeth of other people. <laughs> Join me by my permission. Ah, you're just... You're just in your own bubble. You're just in your own bubble. Yeah. Leave me in my bubble. 
I'm still bubbling ahead. But the issue is the moment you wonder how this has to, what this has to do with faith. Abraham was a guy following. You see Uncle Abraham outside every day standing before God. What's Lot's business? You never hear about Lot standing before God. It's not standing before God. He's enjoying the wealth of Abraham, thinking that he's the one getting wealthy because of his hard work. You know, when someone works with you and feel they are intelligent. But no, you're not intelligent. You're riding under the intelligence of Abraham. You know that happens in, I've seen churches before, the, the, the assistant pastor or other pastor just decide to rise up and start their own church. <laughs> I remember one of my uncles, Reverend would know, is doing well in the church, doing well in the church, and he just thought everywhere they post into the church grows phenomenally. The guy thought, wow. <laughs> then, boom, it's deserted the mission. <laughs> had a lot to say about the church he left. Usually people do that. Had a lot to say. Blah, 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 blah. You were there. <laughs> yeah, you were there. It takes bastards to eat somewhere and and then kick the ball. It, it is. It's a bast It's a demonic spirit. That doesn't mean you don't leave a place. You can leave, but you don't kick the ball. <laughs> So he stood up and left. He's not going to start his own mission. Oh my God. The guy suffered and suffered and suffered and suffered. He was posting himself everywhere, nothing grew. Eventually, the, the wife became a market woman selling useless stuff by roadside. <laughs> huh? Granot and poly for roasted roasted plantain. Roasted plantain. <coughs> Who? Why are you pointing at Pastor David? <laughs> Where? In what? Oh. <laughs> and and when 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 this was not working when this was not working eventually it took my dad that God called him to mission field. Yeah, exactly. Which one is mission field? Where were you before? Exactly. Where you <laughs> guess what happened to him? He died on that so-called mission field as a young man. Who killed him? God, Satan, no, he. But but this is the gist of it. I'll remove you from there and put me in this pastor gifted there. So, what he did, 
Oh, let, let's leave the story. I'll come back to it. Please, you know when I'm teaching like this, don't forget this point because they will join together eventually. So he has not gone to do whatever he's got to do. Abraham needed to grow to a point where nobody else exists. Him, God, and those servants in his house. Apart from those ones, nobody exists. You don't have capacity if a lot of people exist in yeah. your head. Yes, you know the fictitious... You know, a person can really sit down and think of what someone else is thinking of them now. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. It's insanity. Now, is it wrong to think that? Of course. But does it happen? People are probably thinking of something about you right now. And the world is so funny. And that's why I keep wanting those of you who dig those internet things looking for what someone is saying about someone. You will constantly become who you read. Wow. Wow. Now, if you're reading the word, you begin to conform to the image of the word. The moment you're able to read something, are you listening, PK? The moment you're able to read something and or hear something and it gets you angry. The thing already has power on you. You are under the sway. Satan, you Satan is not looking for who wins or loses an argument. It's just looking for who is involved in it. Who gives soul the seed of time, which is more important than money, into his own topic. God is not looking for who wins an argument. He wants you to cause a trouble and people should be arguing about it. I'm not on Twitter. But they're always talking about me or you or whoever there. I'm not there. The moment we drop whatever we need to do there, I'm gone back to my bedroom, my own corner in that bedroom with my Bible. I'm gone. And there I will scheme another thing that would annoy other people. So I want people never in your life sit me down and say, if you see what you're saying on Twitter, let me show you what so-so said. I'm thinking, I'm not going to talk to this person anymore. I don't care if you're author of Kelvin. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, no, no. It's just an example. It's just an example. Alicia sent me one the other day. She said, no, no, it's because it's good. I said, I don't want to know. I'm not going to give my time to it. You know why? Now, on a serious note now, because those so-called other people don't exist. The ones that God has called to life are the ones who have faith in this vision. They are here now or watching or going to watch later. You wouldn't travel far you won't have capacity if many people exist in your life without their permission. I'm not going to think about someone without their permission. Do you understand that? Uh-huh. I'm not going to force someone into my house without their permission. My house is my mind. I'm not going to have a marketplace. In my mind, 
Because that's where the issues of life come out from. So by the time I have my ex-girlfriend or old girlfriends or boyfriends and people, opinion Twitter people, opinion um, blah, blah, blah people and some fictitious people, by the time I bring them into my mind, I create a marketplace for exchange. So constantly they are buying and selling in me and I didn't even take their permission. No, I won't do that. So who would I think of? I said, oh, what if a newspaper prints something about you? I said, who will read it though? <laughs> now, you know you can begin to form your own readers. <laughs> and you remember an uncle, you argue with that. Ah, you read it. You're creating your readers. You're forming. You're building readers for yourself. You remember that woman who didn't like your mom? And your mom was defending you, and then he said, Oh, you'll, be, you'll see what will become of your son. That you, 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 yeah, you subscribe for the woman <laughs> into your life without a permission. These things make people burn out in leadership. Have you ever been in a place where things seem to be going wrong in your life, and you remember that someone said so? that things might go wrong with you or with what you're doing and it looks like it's now going wrong and you remember the person and you thought, ah! If he now hears, he will then say, I told you so. Those are people you should have put kerosene or petrol on and burnt them in your mind and then in your mind take their ashes to the ocean and throw it. They don't exist anymore. So much so that even if you see them on the street, you can't remember them. It's telling me, ah, you remember I was in Spark that other day in 2006. I said, I wasn't here in 2006. He said, no, you came 2005. I said, not me. Because I don't know you. You can now, you, even last year, I don't know you. Now, you can now reintroduce yourself. Meaning, have you gone better? What are you doing now? What can we do together? Nothing. You just want to tell me about when you were in church. <laughs> you remember we were locked out of a building. I'm like, I can't remember. What are you talking about? I can't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not relevant. Oh, do you remember our friend in secondary school? I said, I didn't go to secondary school. <laughs> I said, oh, but this is a picture. I said, yeah, but I didn't go there. But this is you, not me. What are you going to do about that? I said, I don't want to know you because there's no reason. There's no reason. We, we got too many unnecessary people, unnecessary memories. They blow faith and they distort understanding. Huh? They distort understanding. So most times when I see young people like you and I, hopefully you are, um, my, my, my first thing is, I, I, I was telling one of your brothers who wrote me from a place and said, oh, I just needed to say this to you, that um, so, so, so is pregnant and we repent, blah, 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 blah. It's not here, but from wherever. I'm saying that's not the point. The point is now 
You've brought your past into your future. You're going to deal with these though. So now if you have to make a decision, you think of your child. That's rendered you at least 70% useless. I'm telling you the truth because you can't move. It's not like, oh, guess what? We're going to Africa and talk. Um, I'm going. (laughs) No, you're not. You've got got your child. What are you going to do? No, no, no. It doesn't apply to it. God set him free by fire. The example is not even close to him at all. Let's go back to faith now. So when examining the life of Abraham, and Abraham, Abraham surrounded, come on guys, Abraham now, surrounded by all these so-called fruitful people with children, and he's still waiting on God till a late age with his wife Sarah, he will never understand. I will never understand why and what a person has to enjoy, how much he can enjoy with a child at his old age. I don't understand it. But it's not for him to understand. It is for what God is doing. His faith will lead him to the understanding of that season. Whatever I needed to understand then, he blessed Isaac. And imagine God then telling him after, I love Abraham. After all those years of waiting, imagine God now telling him, God now telling him, take that child and go kill him. And Abraham, without one single argument, takes the child and is ready to kill him. That guy does not care what people think. There's no way in the world especially from that culture. You know, in that culture in those days, if you don't have a male child, you don't have a child. Now you manage to have a male child after being barren for many years, and you're going to go kill him, and you just take him. God says to us, therefore, leaders, for what is ahead of us, we must be torn deaf to people and completely alive to what God is saying. So that's what I mean, because that faith is what will lead you to faithfulness. You see, as simple as this may be, if you don't embed that in you, Satan will wear you out. It doesn't matter how strong you feel you are today. Oh, it's magnation. Oh my God, it's magnation. Let me tell you something. Listen to me carefully. You can almost know when it is time for people to exit. You know what happens? Church grows to the next level. People cannot catch up with it. They wear out. So if you feel you are strong today, wait till we grow in another dimension. Then the questions that never used to occur to you will start coming. 
at every new level of growth, people have to fall off because they can't catch up. They they were being when when the growth when we're waiting for the growth, they were being wearied out. Satan was wearing them out. Now things shoot to the next level. That's the only way you can explain it. Otherwise, you cannot sow your life into something, then it grows, and that's when you exit. Something is wrong. Church's faith is a spiritual walk. When it raises people, it demotes people. It doesn't raise us all. It's not a loving job. You know, when we first started church, in those days, we were just still even 10, 15. And we already saw the future with those people. When they were married, when they were after, oh, we'll all be great. I think God was laughing at me like, <laughs> really, with this one. We're dreaming of future. We said, we're going to buy a place in Pekar. It's going to sit 150 people. We'll put some big screen there. And with that big screen, <laughs> we, will re- we will record the videos that we show. We'll show it on Faith TV. Then we will go to After Faith. One day we will get to TBN. And you know the spiritual women, they say, mm, let's join our hands and they start praying. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> mm. <laughs> By faith, we understand. By faith. Now, Numbers chapter 12, if we start from verse 5, let's see Moses. We've seen Abraham. And we've seen the life of Abraham, and I, I think is a life after after the the reading of the Bible, which ends in April, which hopefully you're doing. Huh? How many of you are really up to date? No, don't lie so that God does not strike you. Up to date. It's not compulsory that you're up to date. I'm just checking. Up to date. Ghanaian, wait. Because when you are raising your hand doing this, <laughs> just wait, calm down. Up to date, huh? Yeah, who is up to date? Oh, that's so lovely. Ghanaian is up to date. PK is up to date. For some, I don't know why people don't believe for it. You see, that's, you don't need to think about what they think. Huh? Huh? Say that again. They don't exist. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are up to date. You are ahead. What? Job said, wait, wait, wait. What? They said you skipped some books. They just said, I'm not going to say woo. (laughs) 
So three people are out to date here. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not going to be funny anymore at the end of April. Well, it's funny now. Number chapter 12. No, you do know that it's compulsory for all leaders. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. So, I don't mind if you're not up to date, but get yourself up to date. Numbers 2. From verse 5. From verse 5, yes, sir. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. Uh -huh. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. <coughs> when, the two, when the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet amongst you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. He is full of faith. Listen to this now. This is very important. Moses is not actually full of faith. If we're really going to start from the story. He ran away from Egypt to because he wanted to do something and he wasn't having his way and he went to the house of Jethro and in the house of Jethro he got mentorship then God started calling him over and over again in the fire then he said and that was a long argument it was very very long until God almost thought I'm gonna kill this guy <laughs> anyway he dragged his feet all the way to Israel, I mean to, to Egypt, and it's constant argument. But you know what? The Bible records it because God is about to destroy Miriam and um, and Aaron, not Aaron. Who he called two people there? Aaron and Miriam. They were going to be destroyed now because they've gone to talk against Moses and things like that. Now, the issue is, God began to speak about Moses the way he sees Moses, and he said that Moses was faithful in all, all the fivefold ministry in all his house. That Moses was faithful. Now, this Moses is argumentative, but he, he, he calls him faithful because he still walked Whatever I was sending him to, there's no, and Moses had to have faith. Otherwise, you can't understand why one man is going to go to the most powerful president, not even president, king, who can decree your death in a minute. Why one man will be led back to him to say, let your economy crash, let three million people exit your country, and all I'm going to have is a staff. It will later come to understand that because he has faith. If he wanted to understand it before he left, it is completely impossible because that one plus one does not equal two. I'm just one man. And guess what? Eventually, Moses said, look, <laughs> I'm just a guy. 
Okay, who would help me? Then God said, your cousin Aaron. <laughs> he looks at Aaron, the old man. He said, this one. <laughs> God said, yeah, him. And he's thinking, well, huh? I'm going with Aaron. I'm going with Aaron. Anyway, but he went. Why did he go? This is going, is what God called faith. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Not because they did not argue. Not because they were perfect. This is the undoing of Christians. They preach in the, on their Sunday or whatever service every day about perfection. They ask people to repent. Then people come to the altar in the name of repenting, crying. And they say, I, I, you know, I've heard someone left the church before years ago. He said, because we don't preach repentance. I said, but what if I don't need to repent? <laughs> why are you sinning? What, what, if I don't have to repent, why are you sinning? I, must I preach repentance before you come crying? Just go there and cry. That's your problem, not mine. Oh, okay, but there are people there that should repent. Okay, now I get a gist. The guy you're sleeping with. Yeah, because you must know him to know he needs to repent. It's either you're sleeping with him or you're prognosing into everybody's affairs. Now you need to repent. You need help. However, in the church, people need to repent. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Why you speak? Are you God? You, you don't know the state of everybody. God says, it is not about repentance. It's about now following because you can spend the next two years coming before the altar and crying and not walking any walk. What perfects our obedience is faith. It's the faith we have in what God is asking us. Now, in in Moses' faith, going now to Israel, to Egypt, to deliver the people, everyone who will walk with Moses will be perfected. Because that will be their own faith. Including Joshua and Caleb. You know, Joshua was following Moses. Joshua was following a guy who did not know what he's doing. Moses could not see the Israel that God was speaking about. It's just that every now and then God will tell him what to do. Come to the mountains. God did not say come for 40 days. just said come. It's just that now they didn't see this guy for 40 days. Now, what, what is that telling us? Daily with God without warning to Israel. Huh? You didn't hear me. It's not going to tell them, oh, by the way, oh, it's been four days now. You didn't want um, Spark Nation that you're coming. Okay, so go back. As far as God is concerned, they don't exist down there. They exist in Moses and the word that God is going to give Moses. In that word is the totality of the three million plus people of Israel. So Moses is not going to be on the mountain thinking, oh, I wonder what they feel right now. I wonder what they are thinking of me. Am I a useless leader now? No, they don't exist. That's why I'm talking about capacity. Unless you can walk in your own bubble, obeying the word collectively and focusing on life. 
So God spoke to him for 40 days without apology until God saw that they were burning incense to another God. Moses was at the foot of the mountain. Whatever Moses is doing, Moses, I mean Joshua, pardon me, was at the foot of the mountain. Whatever Moses was doing upstairs is none of his business. His business is to have faith. So we're showing the boomerang effect of faith now. If you have faith, you will develop faithful people. You know that, right? Yeah. If you're a man who walks in faith, you will have faithful people follow you because of your faith. Oh, that job, that pity, they just manipulate people. Like, have you seen those people before, though? Before you know if these guys can be manipulated or not. Imagine someone saying that you're manipulating Pastor Henry. A guy with four kids. Within two years. Imagine you do that seriously. You can listen. I don't know about Congo. I don't know about um, Syria alone. I don't know about Ghana. But you cannot manipulate a Hebrew man. <laughs> so, so now Joshua will sit there, have faith in whatever. You know what I love church for? It's amazing, though. You see, church, right? The demonstration of God's power on it. Right? God would just need the heart of some people to leadership. It ties those hearts together. It's not, the, it's not what you can say. Uh-uh. It's not what you can do as behavior. It's a knitting of heart to that leadership. Oh, I remember you. Were you on Periscope last night? You didn't talk when I was talking. (laughs) I'll come back to you. Your answer was too smart. I was was tricking you with the answer. So it's too smart. I don't know where to go from there. I'll, I'll come back. I'll, I'm coming back. I told you, you can't manipulate people. No way. The guy said I was listening. So God says that Moses was faithful in all his house. And because of his faithfulness, come sir. No. I'm going to change this place. Yes, no <laughs> I know where to put it. Don't worry. So he was faithful in all his house. Now we come to Joshua. You know one person... Okay, so we were discussing in dinner yesterday and I said to the guys, 
some people are actually cursed. Now, you can take what I just said now as this or that, as abusive or whatever. The truth is that there are some people, due to no doing of theirs, they are cursed. You get into anything with them, it's not going to work. Sometimes that sounds like an adult problem. It didn't start with them as adults. It's something that has been following them all their lives. I was thinking about an example of someone, and fortunately for the person is still in the house, so I said, okay, I'll take him off this group and put him here, because it would need to actually work with someone stronger. Actually, I said, I'll take him to Pastor Sam. <laughs> Because when the person that is leading them begin to say, oh, we still love him. We love him like a brother. We love the eye. I said, I just looked at Pastor here. I said, this guy's giving up on him. <laughs> He's giving up. He's gone. He's gone. He's going to call me this week. I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can I? So I said, uh, oh, well. there is a trace. There is something following. Now, most times what happens is, if that person is under cover, under a spiritual covering, the cause is neutralized for a while. Usually, when it's about to be broken, they leave. Wow. Or they just walk away and say, no, 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 There are some doctrines that I don't like. It's not doctrine. That demon following, it will make sure that they don't go anywhere. They just say, you, you're not going. You just walk away. And when they walk away, and this is where you should know that something is wrong. Yeah. When a guy who has not used any doctrine, who has not raised anything, begins to tell you about the doctrine of a church, the doctrine of this and that, you are wasting your time arguing with them. <laughs> say, no, 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 we should give like this. You, you just know. Something that it is a family thing is followed him or her. It is not doctrine, it's got nothing to do with doctrine. But Satan must not be caught out because it's the prince of darkness. Why did I say all that? There was a guy who was following Moses' obedience. His name is Caleb. Caleb was a Midianite, I believe, or one of the hems. He, his line, his family line, God said, they must not enter his congregation. He hates them. God said, I dislike them. He said, I don't like them. But it's amazing that it was only Joshua and Caleb that entered the promised land. Now, and I'll pick Caleb for the illustration this afternoon because Caleb could have many questions. Questions like, what did we do to God? Questions like, why are we cursed? Questions like, okay, Moses, what, what what's this Moses guy about? I'm just trying, you know, I've, <laughs> I've heard things as a pastor in my life. You know, a 20 year old say, I just want to figure out that PT. I'm trying to figure it out. Like, just, you know, not in the Bible, but he's trying to, uh, 20. 
your dad is 60 still on driving London bus. And you are the professor of the family who knows how to figure things out. If your bloodline has the ability to figure out, if in your line, your bloodline, there was wisdom, if in your blood there is wisdom to figure things out, you and your parents won't be where you are because they would have figured out a way. So, my friend, it is not in your blood, it's not in your family character to figure things out. So what you should do is let us figure you out so that you can become an important figure. Uh, this figure that I mean. <laughs> I understand that age. It's a age of un unending wisdom. <laughs> Teenagers are the wisest people in the face of this world. So, so now, Caleb, with all this curse, knew how the, what he just did, you you know you never see Caleb and Joshua until the demise or until the passing away of Moses. You never see them talk about God. Yeah. When they went for the spy, they said, "God has given us the land." Why? Why did Caleb and Joshua say God gave them the land? Because Moses said. So I understand that all through their journey, Caleb was the guy who put water on the hands and feet of Moses. He figured his way into Moses' life by service. It wasn't for Moses to then pray for him. It was for him to prosper anyway. Why? Because his faith led to faithfulness, which led to understanding. Now we understand what Caleb is now all about. We have understanding of the actions of the faith and faithfulness of Caleb. No, no, you didn't get that. I'll tell you. By faith, we understand that the word was framed by the word of God. So most times, it is not the person using and doing the faith that we even understand at the end of the day. By faith, we understand. The people who experienced it didn't understand. But we now understand. It didn't say by faith, they understood. It said by faith, we now know that the earth were framed by the word of God. By faith, we now know our Abraham. You, you did, did any one of you meet Abraham? No, we didn't meet Abraham. Why do you believe the story then? It could have been written by some white guys down the road. But we understand. The understanding we have is more than Bible debate. <laughs> it's deep in our spirit. Their faith led to our understanding. Mm. A generation will come that will understand you guys' nation more. But what you just know today is you're walking by faith. Yeah. <laughs> You've developed a new way of giving. There was never a character of giving in scriptures as a rule of giving. Yeah. Never. 
Tithing is not a rule of giving. It was done before the law came. That does not negate it. It's nonsense to say, oh, we don't need to die. No, it's all rubbish. And they are even unnecessary argument. Don't say, oh, does your church believe in tithing? I said, we don't believe in anything. Whatever happens on Sunday, we believe. <laughs> exactly. You rather just say, do you believe in hope dealers? I'll be like, yeah, we do. There is no need. They are argument, both the, the one saying and the responder, they are unnecessary. We don't believe in giving. We don't believe in tithing or not believe in tithing. We believe in responding to God's need. And God forbid that we become a church that just tithe. Like we need 100K. And then you decide, ah, oh, 100 pounds is my tithe. Thanks. I've, I've, I've done what God requires of me. God forbid that you come to that backsliding state. It's a backsliding state. It's a terrible thing to be in life. It means that I don't contribute toward my mortgage. The bank don't say, well, the mortgage is 2K. <laughs> I have a principle in life. 10% for my savings, 10% for my expenditure. 10% for the devil. I, I don't... <laughs> yeah. I don't... I don't... So that's my principle. HSBC, I just want you people to know that I'm a principled man. Follow my principle. I saw you sent a letter about 1,000 pounds. No. What I do is 10%. You're going to get that. And I promise that I'll keep to that word. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't do that. They tell you that for the value of what you're buying, because it's a dockland, it's a million, and you're going to have to pay a thousand or whatever a month. Now, you do what it takes to keep yourself in that house temporarily until death comes, and we move it on to the next person. So you see why the body of Christ is so quiet. Nobody is serving God at all. I'm telling you. We can, we, no, we can sit there and pretend and have a thousand thoughts run through our head, but I've seen people, I've seen the Kosovo regional poor in the church, and nobody is serving God. We just, you know what we do? We don't serve God. We make contributions to God. At time, we say, on Sunday, you don't tell your workplace unless you've come to a certain height in work. You don't tell your workplace, you know what? I know you guys need me to work for seven hours, but <laughs> I've got to spend time with my family. So what I'll do is I'll come for 10, and by 2, I have to go home. And that's all I can give. Because I don't want my life to just be about work, work, work. And they say, you don't have to be here. Go home. Just go stay permanently. With the family. <laughs> and when you hear that, you wake up and say, oh, then you stay there. Then, in fact, I think they still do it. You mark register when you enter. I don't know if they still do it at workplace. You sign that you just came in. There's a machine now that you tell, okay, I'm coming in now. And then you 
I used to work in a kiln, so what I used to do then is uh, sign for tomorrow when I came <laughs> here. <laughs> Caleb will neutralize this curse by his response. This is where I'm going now. By his response to Moses' faith. Because none of them were there when God was talking to Moses. Mm. So now their own faith is not based on their faith in God. It's based on their response to Moses' faith. Mm. So when we're talking about faith, but one, one thing that they must spot though, one thing, and I think this becomes the, the measurement, because we can preach about God is the highest authority, and I mean, man is the author of God on earth and all that. And I think why the world became suspicious of that is the prophets now, it's usually the prophet, they use that to take advantage of people. They use giftings, giftings, to uh, kind of hoodwink people. Well, well, before people are hoodwinked, by the way, they want to be hoodwinked. Most of the hoodwinked people are coming with their own hood. The only thing is that the prophet just help them wear it. <laughs> they already have their own balaclava in the bag. And then they dump it, the prophet says, oh, that's cool, okay. It just helped them to put it on. Because before you get to false places, false prophet and all that, you must have been hearing the truth and you refuse it. Uh -huh. You refuse the truth, you refuse the truth, you keep refusing the truth, and then you get into the lie. The Bible says God gave them up to reprobate minds. And why did he give them up? He said they have itching ears. They were hearing the truth until they said, ah, all those uh, church you go to, go to. You people, London, London church, you are just talking, talking, talking. Look, there's a man who will perform special work <laughs> so that you can get married on time. <laughs> and you're hearing that from a so-called mom who is fellowshipping with the devil daily. Listen, fellowshipping with the devil daily does needs to be anxiety. Uh -huh. No, my mom doesn't fellowship with the devil. They are together. <laughs> Anxiety. Fear. Worry. They all come from, they do not come from the Lord. And hey, if they don't come from the Lord, they come from Satan. So mom is just on her way to fellowship. When she locked the door, she, you are hearing singing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a lie. It's a lie. She just wants to start praying about you. And it's not praying, it's panic. One day, a sister, four or five years ago, sent me a said, Look at how my mom prayed. I said, She's not praying, she's having panic attack. She's in her room. Oh, God, my daughter, my daughter said, It does panic attack. That's not God. That's, does this sound like God? She said, I know it's not God. I just needed you to give it the right name. 
The mom is in panic attack. Call the ambulance, spiritual ambulance. So you pray for her that God will grant her peace. Uh -huh. So Caleb neutralized all this because of his response. So what is the balance point? Very simple. It doesn't matter if you're in spark or or spoke or spoken or, or whatever. This is this is the checkpoint. Very simple. Assignment must be clear and specific. Vision is written. Assignment is seen. Did you hear what I just said? Vision, you can write. Write the vision. Make it plain that they may run. Who reads it? Even though it's for an appointed time at the hand to speak. You can write that one. But assignment is seen. You see assignment. You don't read it. This is the checkpoint. So I can... And churches master the act of vision, and it's good, vision night and all that, and all that is cool. However, however, assignment most times is not first written. You see it. So if you enter this park, you entered a I don't want to use any church name as any example, you enter any church. You must be able to see the assignment. If you enter a job that whose assignment is visible over time, you can never be broke or poor in that house. It's yeah. not possible. Yeah. There's no way in the world because that means that you're not, it's either you're not part of it or you are. Caleb was not supposed to be part of Israel. He made himself part of it. Yeah, yeah. Caleb could have stayed over in Egypt. Yeah. So where are these weak people going? What's wrong with these ones? But he followed because he saw firsthand a man standing in a territory becoming powerful with the president, the king of the nation. And ordering the coming out of a whole nation from a nation. Mm. Now, that's assignment. Please, does Moses need to write a vision board for that? No. Assignments be. Now, it is others that will write the vision later. <laughs> for the people. So, what's the balance ground? You already know you will be hoodwinked. If your job is to go to someone to pray for you to get married, you're already sick enough. So you really need a hood and a wing. And a wing. <laughs> Something had gone wrong because everything is supposed to be an assignment. So assignment is sin. Now, when I see assignment, I then respond. That's where so you can so you can actually have faith, but in nothing. Are you listening to me? Yes, you can have faith, but that faith is not in anything. You can have faith in church. If you have faith in church, you will tithe. Yeah. 
You know, sometimes when we're driving down to church, the days we still used to pass through some areas, I see ladies at the bus stop, and sometimes I almost pull over and say, what are you going there for again? <laughs> you know, on a serious note now, I know I shouldn't discourage anybody from going to church, they should. My aunt just thinks she's got offering in that bag, she's got, I just want to ask, okay, what are you, what is the end today? What's up today? The auntie is at the bus stop with she had she had developed a faith routine in nothing and habit. And it's faith. But it's a nothing. That kind of thing you keep responding to it, it will produce nothing. Unless man, if you are able so what, what should happen here is this. Some of you, I don't know if that will be 50% of this room or 20% or 10%, doesn't matter. What should happen is, in your 60s, you should still be going to Spark Nation dressed up because it's still the same assignment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just still the same. And when it's no longer that assignment, you should not be anywhere near it. You shouldn't be. It's a sign. So why would I want to stop over and talk to that sister and say, why are you going to church? Why don't you just go to mosque down the road? Because in that mosque, let's say they are planning on takeover. You know, Muslims plan on takeover all the time. Yeah, they're mobilizing. Why, why, do, they, why do they mobilize? Because here they are minority religion. So they are constantly mobilizing. They are constantly, and some of them can mobilize wrong and say, we're going to do this and do that. Um, but they are mobilizing. Okay, so the church opposite now, today, what are you doing? We're going to sing. If it is the first Sunday of the month, there's going to be a basket in the middle and we're going to go round and round and round that basket. That's Thanksgiving Day. So first Sunday of every month is Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, then the, and all manner of things, guys. Now, our job is not to focus on that because it's not a problem that would ever be solved. It's not going anywhere. That's how it is in the beginning and that's how it will be in their hand. But what is our own job before we have a prayer break is assignment must be clear. My job as your leader for now is to add over a clear assignment. Because for a leader as well, the only thing that justifies whatever people are given, not as if your giving is to be justified. There's no a job that gives waiting for accountability is better they don't give. Because the day accountability comes to you by your demand is the day you got your harvest. You see that reading of it, oh, we spent ten pounds on this. That's your harvest. No, because it's you it satisfies you. And what God says is, I will satisfy you. You understand that? 
So if that's what satisfies you, God says, no problem. Take the paper, read it, and you will say, wow, I was satisfied. <laughs> and God claps for you and says, oh, that's satisfaction. It will bring you pleasure. Uh-huh. Um, now, I'm not saying there should not be accountability. I'm just saying that if it becomes the demand of the church, of the people, what happens is God says, I'll give you pleasure. When he reads it, you say, wow, you're happy. So that's the pleasure. I don't want to sow my money only to know what they did with it. I want to sow it for an harvest. It's as simple as that. Back to Caleb. So now Caleb neutralized the cause. Why? Please don't forget this. It is the response. As we're going to Deuteronomy, it is the response of Caleb and Joshua to Moses' faith. Yes, I have faith in God, but I have faith in Moses' assignment. I have faith, but our faith most times, leaders, our faith is scattered everywhere. It's in a God that, how do you quantify God? What is the, what, yeah, what is the measurement of God? Of course, where we're coming from, we say there's no measurement of God. But you see, in every generation, he has a measurement. Okay, we'll get to it after prayer. The Bible says God has given to everyone a measure. There's a measure of faith. Look for that scripture for me. Why does he not give us faith without measure? Because every assignment has a measure. And someone telling me now pray, have meetings for mothers. I'm like, mothers as in M-U-R-D-E-R or mothers as in M-O-T-H-E. The M-U-R-D-E-R can do the other one. <laughs> no, sir. It gives the measure. Now, so, we're talking about capacity development now. When we come back after prayer, we want to talk about the measure now. So, for Joshua and Caleb, it gives them a measure to express faith through, and that's Moses' vision. Joshua and Caleb was not going to wake up and say, oh, I just believe for the taking over of Pharaoh. No. You can't believe for that. Believe for what Moses' assignment is. Then you will possess the land. Are you understanding me, leaders? Christians' faith is scattered everywhere. So I said, it's not about you belonging to a church. It's about you. What the church is supposed to be is an assignment. Yes, sir. So it's about me believing an assignment. Those who will become multi-millionaires in that assignment, they believe it wholeheartedly. You understand? They are in that assignment. In fact, they came to a place where they know. No wonder Joshua and Caleb was like that. They came to a place where they know that their lifespan is supposed to be determined by that assignment's lifespan. So, that's why they were all warriors. Do you understand that? That's why they were all fighters. They could die tomorrow. Meaning, it is better for the soldier to die than for the assignment to die. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the kind of attitude they have. And so when I talk to you about faith, guys, friends, we're talking about response to an assignment. That's what Joshua and Caleb did. That's what Abraham did. Abraham had a direct assignment. He's going to bring forth Isaac. In Isaac, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, that's assignment. Now, what people think about is barrenness. Or Sarah's barrenness means nothing. So you see where I'm coming from where I say, unless we be in our bubble, his bubble must be Sarah and him. If he steps out of that bubble, they will go and get Hagar and just create problems. They will bring forth children thinking they gave birth, but they just gave birth to a problem. There are people who get into marriage. They think they got into marriage. They got into problem. Endless problem. Endless stoppage in life. So now they send Joshua and Caleb out to go and spy land now. Moses has sent them out. I personally think Moses needed not to have sent out spies. I think there was no need. I don't know why you become or you became a master war strategist <laughs> when you did not start by logic, Moses. But anyway, he sends these spies out. These spies get there to, to, to AI or something. I can't remember. They get to Kenneth, and then they came back with stupid talk. Ten of them started telling stories. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we are well able to possess the land. They didn't say we are well able to possess it because they didn't see what others saw. It's just that they understand that church is not one plus one. It is one plus one equals whatever it needs to be. And the Bible records that as these ten spies Oh my God. As these 10 spies gave back their report, the whole of Israel cried and trembled. I don't understand these Israel people. They were the most useless people. No wonder God needed to kill them. They, the Bible says so. They, they, they started to cry. They haven't seen it. They've not been there. They just... Never, I told you before, never allow a person to bring you bad news. Don't entertain them in your life. Never. You know those who come with problems all the time or issues. Of course, there can be issues to be solved. But the bad news person, never do it. Eventually, you will start crying over things that are not, that is none of your business. You will first start with, I'm interceding for her. But then it begins to dampen. But Joshua and Caleb said, well, well, the Bible says Joshua and Caleb told their clothes that they looked at the unbelief of the people and said, what are you talking about? We have an assignment. We've gone there, we've seen the giants, but we saw the fruit that the land was so robust. And if we have to engage the giant, so be it. 
Why? God said, I've given you the land. You can take the land. And they should have responded to the measure of the assignment, which is called faith. So let's substitute the word faith for assignment. I've followed faith teachings almost all my life, and I can tell you for a fact, every one of us following they follow the we struggle. We hardly get anything through the door. And God says, because if you are actually out of assignment, your mental belief in something does not mean faith. You know the mental belief, the one you are forcing, you know when your head is down to your foot, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. You know when your head is doing those things. Say, no, 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 no. Your spot assignment, assignment, anywhere you see assignment, this is where I'm trying to get to. Anywhere you see assignment is someone's faith. Mm. Yeah? You respond to that by following it. Then all of a sudden you've had faith. Even if you don't understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go on, sir. This is a Romans 12, 3. Okay. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone amongst you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Oh my God, I love that. For the, wait, say that again. I love that though. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone amongst you, amongst you uh-huh. not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Not to think of himself more highly. It means in this room we're all subject to a faith or to an assignment. I think I gave the example of the guy who stood up and started his own ministry. He thought of himself more highly. When he was under that assignment, life was good. But now he's a big pastor. So I said to everyone not to think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. Uh huh. But to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Oh, I love that. It's a measure of faith that God has assigned. So again, let's rephrase that. A measure of assignment. We're talking about capacity. There is no one in the nation today who does not have capacity for what the nation of Spark is supposed to be. It gave you a measure. It's an assigned measure. It's an assignment. Yes, sir. Go. If you um, walk up to any soldier anywhere in the UK, they will give you an assignment order with their name while they are where they are. Okay. You will never find a soldier anywhere without an assignment order to be there. Thank you. (laughs) There's an assignment order. Thank you for adding that. So, what do I need to be to do to be a good soldier? Develop my own tactic? No, Have faith in my own skill? No, <laughs> no. The assignment, if I follow. So, the reason why God needed to start with faith with us today is this. So that you're not struggling to have faith. Yeah. Because, you see the Christianity they practice outside there? You know the Christianity of talk? 
You know the Christianity of teaching? Ever learning? Never coming to the understanding? Ever learning? Never doing anything? Ever. They ever learn. Ever. Every minute. They are learning. They go from conferences to conventions. From convention to congress. Ever. Or ever learning. And even those who are not learning, ever receiving miracles, never having miracle. <laughs> you see those who come back for the same healing every year. I looked at the guys. This was the guy that was in from the wheelchair last year. Is <laughs> now coming out of wheelchair again, guy. <laughs> Maybe wheelchair is your permanent home. Just stay there. You know, I'm not. Uh, you know, the hidden movement is God's move. It is God's move. And if we ever encounter anything to be healed, they have to be healed. But we must understand that it is a move. It's not an abode. Uh, it's not an abode. It will keep happening until the world catch up with it. That's what should happen, you know that. <laughs> if we're solving crime, da, 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 whatever we're doing today, we should set the pace. The world should, should, should pick it up, know what to do according to the principles we put down. They should solve it and we move on. Not that Pastor Ebo is now 90 and they say, oh, yeah, youth crime must stop. Like, how? <laughs> no, you should have created an order and say things like, I started Fico's world when I was 20. I started this, I started that. And then the world picks it and they run with it. So if there's anything I needed to establish in this first part is that we we have an assignment. It is faith, and I was saying about the faith out there, it is too scattered. You know, Christians, the ones that are still active, the ones that Satan has not beaten dead, the most beaten them dead, but there are some that are bit active. Active does not mean they are doing anything, they are just bubbling. You know, they believe they can do anything. They believe they can do anything. <laughs> they believe they can. I was telling the story one day of somebody, and it's very, very true story. He had traveled back to Nigeria from the U.S. and he's gone to those faith stuff. And faith is important. I'd rather have faith than not have anything. Um, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they had the news that they have that land in Nigeria or Ghana, where one of those places. Um, somebody has buried champ there, and if they go there to do anything, they will die. And um, they said, they flew down to Nigeria, or whatever, one of those two countries, and went straight to the farmland, and they put oil on the land, and they did their decree, and then they went to the champ, and uprooted it, and they both died. <laughs> no, it's funny, you can laugh, yeah. It's, it's funny. 
And everybody was coming and and they everybody every christian around was confused i was just thinking why did you guys say you're confused now why did you not follow them then? <laughs> they knew that this don't try the man who buried it and they say <laughs> and my thought is why do why can't you just tell tractors caterpillars to remove the trees and, and build your house why did you need to prove that the power of God was with you <laughs> you know if you take that to a typical pastor of that of that, that we're going to say, why the faith in war? Well, if you had done this, say, sir, will you follow me to the next one? <laughs> sir, sir said, no, I'm sending you for it. <laughs> no, sir. We will reach the place together. They believe that they can do everything, which in actual terms is not true. It's a measure of faith. And this measure is based on what is assigned. What he assigns, it gives me faith for it. So how do we now become exceptional leaders, guy? How do you, you can take Brixton, you can take Eastside, you can take whatever, because you're responding to the faith of an assignment. The moment you take any, listen to this part very well, the moment you take any word, or any practice from another assignment to put into this one. Even though you are in Eastside, or you are in Greenwich, or you are in Croydon, you won't grow. Because there's no measurement. I need to tell you leaders that so you can punch on the YouTube and listen to someone and begin to speak like that. It's good. It's good. It's all great and great, whatever. But the problem is you will be struggling to catch up with those who know nothing. But they are Joshua and Caleb. You'll be struggling. You won't have money. You, and you may not even preach it. it. It's just in your mind. Because that spirit is there now. And the people sitting down there will not respond to you because they came for an assignment. They may not know it fully too, but they are saying, this is not, this is not it. This is not, this is not, this is not the person we are looking for. Uh, this is not the person we are looking for. There is a matter here. And you see, your someone that day was powerful. People were cheering. But when response time came, they did not respond. Uh, because still, you can pick anything from anywhere. Good word is still good word, or it's, it's exciting. But it is no words that makes people respond. 
Yes, they respond through word, but it's not your word that makes them respond. It is the spirit. You see, have you know flesh? You know flesh will want to do something. You invite someone to church, and they want to come, and they promise you. Without the spirit, they're not coming. Flesh actually wants to come. Flesh wants to give. When you talk, you see, if you talk intellectually to flesh, it reasons. Have you seen flesh submit before? Ah, flesh submit. Flesh will say, oh, I shouldn't be doing that, sir. I'm sorry. But the issue with flesh is when the pressure to do it comes, it just says, oh, yeah, I have to. So flesh wants to do. It takes the spirit to actually do. Now, if it is not assignment, it is no longer spirit. It cannot work because it lacks faith. So for core leaders, those of us who are here, those of us who are watching from home, the order, what God is doing in our midst now, the fresh growth, how do we help people? Very simple. Faith. But I think God has shown us faith like never before today. It is faith in Moses' assignment. Because Moses will have faith. Now, why would Timothy develop to a point where Paul would say, stay in Ephesus? He's got so much faith that he can determine his geographical location. But then has grew to a point where he felt, I've got to move on. Mm. And it was, it, it, yeah, he went to Thessalonica now. He no longer understood Paul's journey. Because now he has his own journey. But Paul, Demas, from that moment, just like Barnabas, mm. they now belong to history. Mm. Irrelevant. The only thing we will know about Barnabas is separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work we we're on to. And the spotlight of heaven was upon them when they were together. Wow. The moment they parted, the spotlight, because Paul was the spotlight. Yeah. Barnabas would have shone with him, was shining with him, but he missed it. He took Silas, I know, he took John Mark on his own journey. <laughs> he took John Mark on his own journey, and Paul took Silas. And we'll still read about Silas as they were praying, Paul and Silas. So, what does God say to us, friends? What is God saying to us? The way we can multiply. If you don't want to struggle in capacity building, right? Our faith in assignment. Yes, sir. Of course, also the week we're going to talk a lot about capacity building. But you remember where we started from? I said, there is nothing that you are entitled to that God is not willing to give you. But there's nothing you're entitled to that it will give you just because you feel you can handle it. It does not matter how much my daughter feels he can handle, she feels she can handle, I'm not giving up. Say, I can do it, sir. I can do it. I can do it. Right. Yeah, you will do it. But you need to grow more. If we don't have 10 million in our hands today to do this work, it's not because we don't need it. Or we're not entitled to it, we just don't have the capacity. 
Alors, on dit, oh, you think you don't have the capacity for 10 million. It's not what I think. It's what really obtains. So it's about time that I understand that life is not about my thinking. Oh, so if I if I think I'm entitled to it and I don't have it by my own measurement, and then I can ask Alex and Alex says, sir, you you deserve it. You can handle it, sir. So I've used Alex's thinking, only his thinking and mine, to say to our father, I really deserve it. Then he's looking at us thinking, <laughs> huh? So what do I think with now then? What do I think with? I think with his response. His response is my thought. Not Alex's thought. Not Tony's thought. Not Reverend's thought. So in the middle of that, therefore, my job is very simple. Capacity development. I've got to have faith in whatever I believe he has shown me. Because the more my faith grows in it, it's not that I will know how to do it more. No. The doing comes from my faith. Oh, how this financial metamorphosis to be this, that, that, how did you do it? That's what I'm trying to tell you. I didn't do it. I had more faith. So that when he says turn left, if I don't turn left, if we come to announce in church, tomorrow we're not doing house fellowship anymore. It's because I've picked it in my spirit that it's not time to do house fellowship anymore. And I announce it. Will I understand it? I didn't. But did I, did, are we understanding it six or three or four months later? They say, oh wow, it needed to stop. To restart. Why did we understand it? Afterwards, because we had faith to respond to it in days to come, it will ask us for more things. This question will always be each time it tells us to do a thing, this question will always be Do we have capacity? I want us to go on the 15 minutes prayer, prayer time. Uh, prayer time is the building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up, developing capacity. Saying so we think that God has, and I know for sure, because He's shown me, He's got a bigger assignment. Listen, and when we say bigger assignment, I know what comes to your head and mind. More people, da, da, da. that's inclusive. But it's bigger assignment. It's bigger work. It will not stop until he has removed everybody that needs to be removed. It's not going to stop. You understand? It's not going to because if we get church stuff right, there are wrong people in right positions. It will not stop because you cannot have a doubter 10 doubting spies in your nation taking team they will disheartening the crowd they will make the crowd cry unnecessary cry uh-huh 
they will say, look, at this point in church, they, they will start doing opening prayer. Ah, we used to do opening prayer, man. You remember Pastor Rotten in Sam? <laughs> that guy will lead prayer, and you can't hear half of what he's saying. <laughs> you cannot hear half. He's just shouting. And eventually, he begins to call the God of. Um, yeah, the God of. Um, you know when you know they do that in Nigeria when churches you mention a church and they are Jew and you start calling their God. <laughs> so one day I said, I don't even know the God of these guys you're calling, but it's an adult, so you, you can hardly rebuke it. Calling the God of some bishop, blah 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 somewhere. The God of Mr. Uh, Mr. Charles. Um, child somewhere to come and do what? We're just we're just thirty here. Why do we need the God of like three three general here to come to our service? Why? God of who? God of <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> we are so we are so thought wrongly we are so wrongly thought and we do not and we do not review the things that we are thought and review has to start from why is it not working why can we not have in London three churches that shape this country? How? Why? I don't get it. Okay, they said there are two. Two already. Spark Nation Wealth and Spark Nation <laughs> We are almost there. Okay, at least let the top one be another. <laughs> oh, they said three G. <laughs> You just ask yourself why are people, you know, you know, church got so bad that people check Sunday school. Oh, what's their children crept like? What are you talking about? So all that should be fine, but you're not going, it's not an institution, it's the move of God. It's not Okay, all that is fine within the church. And outside then what? The people don't even know church is made. Imagine someone asked me, do churches still meet on Sundays? Wow. <laughs> I said, that's so old, man. Wow. I said, well, they, they still meet, man. But I can't blame you because it's no, it's almost irrelevant, right? It's almost non, not needed. You don't need to meet for good music. It's assignment. Church is meant to be assignment. So that assignment, what happens is, God needs the heart of a family together to carry out an assignment. The assignment of Spark Nation is so clear. 
I can't even write it. I think you are writing it. It's so clear, it's almost, you've got to put a drink on over your eyes. And gone, your eyelids together not to see it. It's so clear. Imagine someone sees that assignment as clear as, as daylight and says, oh, but they shouldn't be doing this, they should be doing that. No, no, no. We can do everything we want. You just tell us your own assignment. No, I don't know. I don't even know my purpose in life, but I just feel. Imagine if our assignment runs on your feeling. Uh, so my faith, so God told me this morning, so your faith is not your mental struggle to believe something. It's your following of what I show you to do. If I tell you it's the 14 year olds now, 15, 16, 17, 18, to so just go do it. How would this make sense? I don't know. But by faith, we will understand. This is the capacity that we've come to build through this week as we intensely train ourselves. And what you want here in our own training is um, I'm not going to go copy Goldman's training model <laughs> and start teaching you about what they teaching those this leadership class. Huh? What? Huh? Oh, come on. Man. They don't pre-teach you each each leadership class. Same building. You know, you're already you're already in team with people you don't like. You were forced there. And and look. Can, can I can I tell you what is most interesting in church? For, and this is for good people. You know when you first was going to be in the team and all that? You first came. Your shoulder was like this. <laughs> the problem started happening to you. You were humbled. <laughs> See how humble you are now. You are not really humble. Problem humbled you. <laughs> but that's good too. God made that happen. All of a sudden, you realize you can't fly. Uh, because before, when you're showing, you thought in a minute, you're just going to go, and say, I will soon blow. <laughs> but you realize, mm, it's not adding up. And then God humbled you and humbled you. And now you are very gentle. <laughs> It blew, but we gathered the flesh together again. It blew to ashes. It blew. Yeah, so you died and God resurrected you. No, Otto would have come to repent at least 30 times since I knew him, and that's less than two years. <laughs> but it's a gift though because most people don't go, come back most people don't the spirit of <laughs> they said come back kid <laughs> 
I want us to pray. Um, we've laid a foundation today. So we're going to pray and ask God to enlarge our capacity. Open the eyes of our understanding now because we believe. And for you to be here this morning, there are things you already know. You already have a complete belief in the assignment, but there are things he still wants to show you. So that he can grow you. It's not going to be about, he say, I want to see about the coming of Jesus. I want to say, why? He wants to show you about the assignment. Because you should be so consumed in the assignment that you don't even know when Jesus comes. You just move on. You just get raptured. It's not like, oh, prepare for the coming. No, you're living it. Yes, That's what it should be. Are we ready to pray? Yes, sir. Let's just bow our heads and talk to God. Whichever way you want to, you want to pray, you understand it, you want to pray in English, whatever. However, you want to pray. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20. God was speaking to think of God 20 more minutes. So, to be a 20 minute session. God was speaking to the children of Israel again, it's still there. Now we've done numbers. We're saying most is faithful in all his house. There was only one mission at the time, and that was Pastor Ladi is going to see you, sir. Um, there was only one mission, and that was the Moses mission. And everywhere in the world at the time, God, because we've got to understand how God operates. At that time in the world, I believe God was everywhere. He was doing things and he knows everything everywhere and stuff like that. But the spotlight was on the assignment of Moses. And again, that is not to deny the fact that there will be many other things that God is doing at that time. There's no doubt. I don't think God is can be caged in one place. But the assignment God gave Moses at the time was paramount in God's mind. Meaning every other thing that has to wait, waits. Until Moses had carried out his assignment. And so, in, and in all generation reading through scriptures, Again, and I don't think I can overemphasize this, as much as God is doing many things in many places, He's omnipresent, He has something that He needs done at a time. I would not suggest that that is stagnation right now, but I'm going to suggest that it's got to do with the next generation. It's got to do with a new generation that at this time God looking forward and looking at the world as the world begins to change patterns is 
people, other people begin to take power in banking and politics in every other field. And it will almost look as if the church is left behind. Um, the world has changed leaders and it's changing the church still has the same leaders. It's not so much of whoever is heading certain churches, it's so much of who is the where's the next generation? It's still the same from top to bottom. So I won't be surprised if you guys are what God is doing right now. Um and the reason why I said I won't dare to say that's what it is, is because I don't think we are worthy. Mm. But I think that is just one of the signs that it may be what he's doing. Mm. Why then did the children of Israel not get to the promised land? Because God had taken all his concentration and put it upon them. All his desire, everything is, if I may use the word, is energy. And I know he was stronger than that, and he's stronger than that, and he's a big God. But all his concentration was put upon the children of Israel at the time. I want you to note this point. I want you to think with me this afternoon. Because the way we were thought is that if God wants to do it, then he will do it anyway. I don't think so. Because he brought, he went to Egypt to redeem his children with the thought of taking them to Israel, I mean to the land of Canaan, flowing with milk and honey, milk and honey. And still, they didn't get there. They got there, meaning he raised another generation. And Joshua and Caleb began to possess the lands and We'll get to that place because we're going to get into what is God's system of giving in the church. They began to possess lands and all that. God gave them those lands. The moment Joshua and Caleb advanced, remember that at this time, Joshua was about 40 years old. Um, I mean, Caleb was about 40. Joshua was in his 30s. And they began to advance into the land, taking territories upon territories. And they were sharing these territories according to God's um, demand. They were sharing it to all the tribes of Israel. So what needed to happen was Joseph would go to Egypt. And in Egypt, the tribes would grow. When they come out, because growth will now mean they will need possession, they will need their space. They will have to be known for certain things, but they will still have to be one nation under God. So if we're not preparing ourselves to understand nation building and nation, first of all, nation taking. Um, no, 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 sorry. Nation building, then nation taking. Because we have to build ourselves into a nation and then take another nation. That's right. So if we're not built in that manner, we would have problem because what we would then end up to be is another church. 
And then we begin to tell the story of when God used to move. Because whatever is given you is for you to advance into something. It is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. It is not where we're going. It's not destination yet. It is on our way to destination. Are you with me? And so we must understand that he's now given us an idea of what nation is going to look like, what we are supposed to take, where we must contend. And this is why he would have to train you in every way possible, where we, we've got to contend in certain places. Your, those who are, uh, I, I, check this morning, for example, you've been here, we've been here from 11 praying and, and studying the word. We've got our mates also down the road there from morning also sitting with paperwork or going through figures and whatever job people do. Now, the issue is this. It means that if you guys are not here, church-wise, God-wise, nobody is training for your generation. Nothing is going on. Everybody is just and all of a sudden, the church just wakes up and says, we're going to take over. How is that going to happen, though? Because you're not prepared for it. You don't even know it's for you. Normally, typically, a Christian should be at work on Monday. But this is work. This, this is work. Don't even... I don't know what you're doing. You're doing stuff and you're looking at me more like you want me to see it. I don't understand it. And so, it is work. It is warfare. It is preparation for the end in itself, which is not an end. The end of a thing is just the beginning of another. Why did they not make it? With all the attention God puts on them, because Number one thing is, God is never going to push us to our place. I hear prayer point, Lord, by force take me to where I'm going. If he could actually do that, he would have done it with the children of Israel because he needed them in Canaan. In the grand plan, his master plan, that's where they need to be. And they needed to be there in 40 days. He was desperate about them getting there. But he couldn't get it done in 40 years. That's not God's fault. It only tells me that there is a protocol in the spirit that if I refuse to yield to, he will not be able to do anything. There's a process in the spirit that if I don't yield to, he will not be able to do anything. And I've made it easy in the first part because this will be a short part, really. That it is not about you now looking for more things to do. Mm. Yeah? It is not about, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. That in itself is burdensome. It is not going to produce righteousness. It is more things to yield to instead of the doing. So, oh, am I not praying well? Am I not fasting well? 
Am I not giving well? Am I not? No, no, no. Forget, please forget all of that because again, an assignment already has all of those in it. Mm. It already has all the fasting and all the prayer and stuff in it. So my one will be the yielded. How yielded I am and my yieldedness is based on my faith. Because that produces faithfulness. And the Lord reminds me when you get so scared of tomorrow, you begin to make decisions today that destroys the tomorrow you are scared of. Those decisions will bring the fear of tomorrow into that tomorrow. That's what fear does, right? Well, a person must be intelligent and logical enough to create a tomorrow for themselves. It means you're intelligent, you're logical, you had one plus one. And then, you know, I've seen people who have told me how things will go bad for themselves. <coughs> well, so if this happens, then this will happen, then that will happen. And can you see where my life will, what will happen to me? I said, of course I can see it from the preaching you just did now. It's become clearer that you're going to be in big trouble and that life will go downward, spiral down, down from there on because you've articulated it now. You're so good, you've thought well. That's logic, right? It takes a person of faith to leave an economy that they've known all their life. 400 years, that means generation upon generation upon generation to start going to a land flowing this so-called land is flowing with milk and honey without navigator yeah there was no gps system there was no um road system with signs of welcome to miami there wasn't any so now you're going to rely don't forget you're living in land we, we want to examine why they didn't get there you're living in land where there is so much certainty you already know how to go from head to head from goshen to um capital in egypt to cairo that was the name there you already know how many days it will take you you already know how much it will cost so when you are planning in your you, you are planning in servitude though, but when you are planning in servitude, you already allocated the money for what you want to go and do in Cairo from Goshen. You already planned it. You are in servitude though. You are a slave. So hey, having a good plan does not mean you are not a slave. You understand? So all those things we learn in leadership does not mean anything. Mm. A slave is a slave. You can plan in servitude. Mm. These guys are now going to join it. They already know how much does it cost them to live a day, how much water they need, how much food they need. Um, everything very calculated. They know we're going to go and work hard. Sometimes with bricks, sometimes without bricks. We're going to go work hard for a whole day. But at least I know that by 9 p.m. I'm back home. I'm back home. I will cook. I will eat. I will watch television. 
um, and then sleep. But I've got to be up by five. And when I'm up, I know what to do. But now, you're going to leave that place and you're going to start a journey. You're going all the way. Your journey now is into a land <laughs> called Promised Land. Uh-huh. It's a, it is, a promise. You know, promise is not certainty until it is no longer a promise. Yeah. You're going to go into promised land and the first thing that would happen is when you start this journey, forget about the gold and the silver that they got from, um, from Egypt. It doesn't mean anything because except God puts meaning on that silver and gold, it means nothing. Uh, because you're going into the wilderness. Would you wear it? You can wear it to impress each other for how many days? After a while, it becomes meaningless. So the silver and the gold they got from Egypt was not theirs. It was never to be theirs. It was to build a tabernacle. For and the tabernacle will not be called the tabernacle, but it will be called the tabernacle of Moses. So it was to build Moses' tabernacle. This tabernacle will be the sign that Moses hears from heaven. It's an earthly sign of a divine connection. That's all it was supposed to be for. It's not even for worship. Even though they were worshiping it and all that, it will fade away. But as a sign of Moses' connection, there will be a landmark. Yeah. And what will build that landmark will be people's gold, not manna. It will rain manna can rain gold. It's not going to do it. So it will not rain gold. It will take it from the people. By the time they've given all, they will have nothing but the tabernacle. That tabernacle will be an establishment of their faith in the order that Moses brought. You didn't get that. We'll connect that to the first session. Then. It will be a sign that they believe in the vision, the assignment of Moses, that he is from heaven, there will be an earthly monument. It will not be their connection with God. God has been, God has been meeting with them before the tabernacle. They are priests, local priests among them. But the tabernacle will be, and once this tabernacle is done, the glory of God is supposed to be amongst them forever. And that's exactly what happened. But the problem now is, they've left Egypt now. They're going to journey to a land where they, what will lead them every day. It doesn't matter how much you think you know God. You know, the most scary thing about working with God is, what if it does not work? It's still based on the fact that it's uncertain, even though it's certain. And if anything would weary you out quietly in your heart, in your spirit, it's always going to be, let's, let's say you, you, you've submitted in your heart that God is real and all that, 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 that. you will always doubt your own manner of approach to him. Uh, maybe God is not happy with this way. Maybe my prayers are not being answered because I'm not doing this or I'm doing that or da da da. da. You, it's always going to be a question. And even when the person says, Oh, I'm so sure, you're still looking for. 
Why did Israel not make it? What happened to these guys? They started the journey. They were in the wilderness. They were moving by the cloud of fire by night. And what by day now? The pillar of fire by night and the cloud by the day. They were moving by these two things. That was their GPS. This cloud will appear suddenly in the daytime. I'm not sure if it's coming tomorrow. Because it's not a certainty. Look, we now know that it was sure. Because we are reading it, right? Uh -huh. For them, it's something that appeared. When the cloud appeared now, I'm not sure if it would appear tomorrow. They got used to it. They were following these two signs of times. They were following it, following it, following it. And in the middle of their following, we've examined the forces, so I'm not going to spend time on that. Their craving was not dead yet. I remember one Ashburnham we went to and we wrote down things about anyone remember that test? Why God? Several reasons why. Several reasons why they, they were in the wilderness for that long or things like that. And we all wrote the test. And that was when we started about craving. And God needed the craving. He needed to get out of their system every food that was from Egypt. So that their the, the bloodstream that is used to stream food can be washed clean. There can be a detox system. Something in them that flushes out the worms of Egypt from their system, but they didn't make it. They didn't make it. So many times, and I need you leaders to understand this, please. Many times, do not mistake your zeal for God, your being on fire for God, as a total cleansing of the craving that you left Egypt with. Don't make a mistake to think that because you are now zealous for God, you are passionate about the things of God. Those are good things. And they help because if the fire keep burning, the worms will keep dying. But don't mistake it for having been now totally cleansed, now totally healed, and there's no more issues to deal with. Now, but you see, God was not holding them back because of those craving. They held themselves back. It was them to them. God wouldn't have bothered if they kept moving and obeying, even though the cravings are there. It wouldn't have bothered God. But it, as much as it didn't bother God, it hindered them. Because that became their focus. When there were any little thing that would happen, they remember Egypt. That they will remember the flesh part of Egypt. Now, if anything will burn out a leader, is because most times certain cravings are not completely gone yet. And what do you do with those cravings? What how do you deal with it? Surround, just make sure it's a group of two, Joshua and Caleb. Those will know that no matter how much I feel, I can't do it. It's a Joshua and Caleb group. It's a Joshua and Caleb relationship. Fellow people will do exploits. <clears throat> and as leaders, 
Because it, it takes, it doesn't take long to trip, to fall. It takes so long to recover. And recovery is very long, you know. <laughs> On some occasions, though. On some occasions, you can shorten with, um, uh, you can shorten it. On most occasions, because when a worm wins, other worms get strengthened. One worm can create inspiration for many others. They say, we, we got it. Oh, we can, we can do it. So they have this meeting and said, look, we thought she was so far away from us, but look at how she felt. And they give motivational speech to themselves. <laughs> and then they rise up. And all of a sudden, it was one matter before other things are now showing up and very fast as well. And they are fighting. Now, does that make God angry in heaven? No. He's just looking at you, hoping that you rise to the occasion. But the children of Israel kept injuring themselves because wherever there is Grieving for Egypt, it means there is option. All they were just saying to God is, we, I have options than this. The problem with most people I've met in this country is they don't even have options. So I'm like, oh, I'm going back to Egypt. I'm like, uh, yeah, right, that's Brixton. That's like, what? <laughs> what's going on there? He's an MPK. What, what's going to happen? I'm going to go back to Egypt. They're like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but as you grow there are two atmospheres that will never depart from us Egypt and Canaan it's going to be everywhere you're going to grow into options you're going to grow into things you will always have the choice to do the right or the wrong and I wish it just stops at, at, at choice it goes beyond choice to feelings. Then from feelings to pressure. Mm. When it gets to the place of pressure, unbelief begins to set in. The major problem with Israel, I, I said Deuteronomy, right? Let's just read that one, then we'll close for today. Deuteronomy 32, verse 20. God was so angry with these guys. There you go. 32, 20. And we'll stop in five minutes. I will hide my face from them, he said, and see what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation. Why? He, he calls them a perverse generation. Why? Children who are unfaithful. Mm -hmm. They made me jealous by what is no God. Mm. And angered me with their worthless idols. I will make them envious by those who are not a people. I will make them angry by a nation that has no understanding. For a fire will be kindled by my wrath, one that burns down to the realm of the dead below. I will devour the earth and its harvest and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. It calls them a perverse generation because they were faithless. What, what translation is that? Let me hear what New King James says. Please. 
speak to James first. And he said, I will hide my face from them, and I will see what their end will be. But they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. He calls them, he said, they are children in whom is no faith. He calls them perverse because they have no faith in them. Then he said, I will let a nation without understanding rule them. I told you about understanding our faith. So those who have been where they've been because it's a matter of faith will now rule them, not because I chose them, but because they did not choose me. They did not choose to believe in the assignment. So these guys will always turn against Moses. As far as they were concerned, they are turning against Moses. But as far as everyone is concerned, they are turning against an assignment. And this assignment is the measure. That's the measure of God on earth at the time. What would have happened if these guys believed? I've always struggled with why Israel never believed. Because if miracles are what miracles are to be, they should be the greatest believers. Imagine seeing a Red Sea part. Mm. A whole Red Sea became dry ground and three million plus people walked through it. And then when that God still speaks, you still think, nah, I don't think so. It just means that if, if you were there, you would have disbelieved too. I don't know how and why. I just know that that means miracles never, I mean, it's more like talking about believing in Jesus because he did miracles. They still didn't believe, you know. They still picked up the stone and said, oh, this guy's evil. Why is he evil? Oh yeah, he raised the dead yesterday. And the woman whose son died stopped crying. So that's why he's evil. See, yeah, he must be evil. Why is he evil? He cleansed the leper. Why is he evil? He fed 5,000 people with bread. He said, we just can't take this. No, this is, this is not good. This is not good. Now, why haven't you stoned the Pharisees to death? They don't do anything. They just talk. They wear long robe and move around the city and put laws on people that they themselves don't do. And the people turn around and say, oh, those are good people right there. It's not that they are good people, it's just they don't matter. They don't trouble anything, they don't change anything. And so they are just there. Now, what is our faith? And I'll stop with this one today. The children of Israel could not get to Canaan because they were, and God calls them a perverse generation, annoying to God because he couldn't just find faith in them. And he had to wait for that old generation to die so that he can create a new breed called Joshua and Caleb. And God will speak to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. I want you to take over now, but we would have only one string of communication. You don't need to speak to me. I'll speak to you. Because there's nothing you got to teach me. There's nothing you've got to tell me. Prayer life is, people's prayer life, I've, I've listened to people praying before. 
They are giving God information. <laughs> they are telling God stuff. Um, it's good to have a communication with God. Whatever you were taught, oh, just speak to God, speak to God, speak to God. Uh, but he comes to a place where he wants to speak to you. Because I don't know. Imagine if, and that's why we pray Lord in the spirit, right? Imagine if I wake up and I want to speak to him. About what do What are we going to talk about? So he said, I'll speak to you in assignment. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. Think about it day and night. So that you, Joshua, can make your way. You know that's what he said. He never said he God will make Joshua's way prosperous. He said so that you can make your own way prosperous and then you can obtain by faith the elders obtain the good report so that you can obtain good success. You're going to need what I told Moses. Do you know it's the book of the Lord? Do you know that's what God told him then? Well, I told Moses. So let's rephrase that. Was the book of the law. Moses was the law. So in other words, he said, this, what I told Moses must not depart out of your mouth. In what I told Moses, you will meditate day and night. If you akin to what I told Moses, you will make your way, Joshua, prosperous, and you will have good success. It isn't what I told Moses. Imagine Joshua says, oh, so what's the law? So that's what I told Moses. If Joshua is going to walk with God, it will go to what he told Moses. It's what I told Moses. He said, I, I want to do things new now. He said, okay, no. I like you, Joshua, but thumbs up. Is Caleb available? I need any available body who will observe what I told Moses. Because Moses came to establish the law. And if you will follow what I told him in the law, then what will happen? The next generation, you and Caleb, will take the mountains. Because Moses did not finish what he said to do. The accomplishment of what Moses was sent to do is in what I told Moses. It's not in the invention of the new Joshua. And then Joshua comes up and says, I want to package now. Guys, Moses is gone. Moses is gone. And this is fresh stuff. We're now going to do it this way. And that's why God needed to go and tell him quickly that, look, don't bring military logic into this now. I established the first military. And it's in obedience to what I told Moses. I believe that's where we'll continue from tomorrow. Father, we ask you to give us understanding more because we have faith. We thank you for what you are saying to us in this season at this time. I thank you for those who are only able to watch afterwards or watch from home or from other places. We thank you because it is clear that you are preparing us for bigger assignments. Or maybe we call it the next stage of our assignment. And, oh God, we yield our spirit 
our soul and body to what you are doing in this season. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we lean on you. We trust in you and then we trust in the assignment that you've given us. We thank you for over the years keeping us in the street and in the street and the now of the assignment you've given to us. We thank you for the measure of faith dealt out to everyone assigned to this work. Father, let our capacity grow according to this assignment. Keep us focused. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. See you at 11 tomorrow. God bless you.